Welcome back to the Renowned Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Morris, and it is such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. And today I have the author of the book, Telling Your Story, Building Your Brand with us. His name is Henry Wong. He is an amazing, amazing person with an incredible story and really good insight of just what it means to tell your story and how to build your brand. So I'm super excited uh, to, for him to share his insights with you guys. And uh, yeah, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Henry Wong and myself, Stephen Morris. Here we go. You know, I, one of the things that I struggle with the most when working with clients that are starting um, a new business, Henry, is that they don't want to put themselves out there. They want to hide behind a logo or behind, um, or what are those computer generated? Oh, avatars, of course. Avatar, yes. yeah, av yeah. They want to hide yeah. behind the avatar. Um, but I always tell them, like, you need to be the face of your brand, right? Like, you are your brand. And if you're too ashamed of your brand, like, to put yourself in front of it like that. Cause that's the message, right? Like if I'm not putting my face to my brand, I'm sending that message kind of subconsciously that I'm not proud of my brand. Right. How important it's, is it to, to put yourself with your own brand? You know, it, it really depends on the nature of the business itself. And uh, we know that many people come from all walks of life. And so from a personality perspective, uh, point of view, you could be uh, a total extrovert. It's very easy to put yourself out there and you enjoy that uh, prominence that comes with being the founder of your company. There are other people who are, you know, just simply have come up with a great product who are, let's say, engineers or uh, enjoy the process of manufacturing. And that's really what, what they do best. And, and sometimes they create uh, a company brand around someone else or around uh, having other people take over. But there's a power that comes from uh, exacting your founder's brand, which is you're putting yourself out there. You look at the most powerful brands that have been invented, the ones that come to mind. And if uh, we did this exercise where I said, you know, it, you know, name uh, your favorite brand or name your top favorite brand, inevitably, you know, things that come up with are typically Tesla, Apple, uh, Facebook and the like. And these are all founders who have put themselves out there. So there's a powerful equation that comes along with it that if you can tell a story, put yourself out there, your brand comes along with it because they're so well intertwined. Yeah, I love that. And you're absolutely right. And I, I do tell my clients like, look, like it isn't impossible to build a brand around a logo, right? Like nike or something like that however um it, it makes it much more difficult uh, mm -hmm. because people relate to that that personal story right that that comes with who you are and it, it really does doesn't it it's all about that emotional connection so if i begin telling you a little bit about myself or i begin connecting with you uh through something I share, suddenly you're more vested and much more interested in what I have to say. Right. And of course, you know, we only buy, you know, start spending money when we have that no like trust factor. And, you know, just to add to what you said, that that story, that personal connection speeds up that whole no like trust, I feel like, does it not? Yeah. yeah. And, and the, you know, sometimes uh, people are reluctant to get back to what you uh, commented on earlier is that, well, I, I don't really have an interesting story or I don't really have anything to say or I'm so boring or I, I don't really, um, you know, have that um, uh, a powerful personality to, to be out there. But I, I think within all of us, we, we have a story. We have a start, a beginning and a middle and hopefully not too long before the end or not too far before the end, uh, where we can uh, share with people what we're really all, all about. And I think that, again, is all sort of intermixed with uh, trying to put your company out there in some way. Right. Absolutely. And another another common problem that I see, uh, especially with young entrepreneurs, is when they're 
building their brand um, through their story, that they, they, it kind of takes on a persona of its own, right? Which is bad yeah. because we need to be authentic. Um, people like authenticity. Their BS meters can detect when you're not when you're mm-hmm. not being authentic. People are not stupid. So, what what's your best advice for someone trying to grow their brand and, and maintaining that that authenticity through their story? Well, I, I think that's a key part of it. And uh, Shakespeare said it best in the, you know, to thine own self be true. You you really have to be true to yourself. Uh, and if we use the examples of uh, Elon Musk, he's not 100% loved by everybody, but a lot of people uh, enough to keep his company as a success do love him. Uh, you know, the things that he does may be a little bit off uh, kilter for some people. His beliefs may not align with it, but he certainly true to himself. And I I think that's uh, important. As long as you have uh, the proper connection to what's most important, which is your your customer. You know, there's inevitably a group of customers who, or stakeholders who uh, definitely buy into what you're saying. And uh, being able to stay within that, I think is really key. It doesn't mean that you have to manufacture something to go outside of it, because I, I think that can create a lot of disharmony, as you can imagine, when you're trying and you're, you've created a persona that isn't yourself. And we often see this with even with actors, so they become so intertwined with the roles that they play on screen, that when they're there themselves, the audience can't really accept it, or they can't take it on themselves. So I, I think for your own personal well-being it's important that you just stay true to yourself for for that uh manner absolutely i agree 100 percent. and like you know to your point um uh, you know it's like like trying to keep up with a lie right the more you lie about something the the harder it gets to keep up with it because it just keeps growing you know if you try to create a separate persona it's kind of the same thing it's just going to keep growing and keep growing and you're just going to have to maintain it the whole time so I, I want to go ahead, um, Henry, and let you tell your story, um, how you came to be uh, an author and how you started helping people write their stories and help brand themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the uh, latter part of that has really uh, been my business. I, I've, uh, in spite of my boyish looks, I've been in this uh, business for well over 30 years, uh, having worked for uh, major ad agencies. And uh, what, what I found um, was there's a certain discipline in putting campaigns together and building brands and, and that. And how I got into the personal side of it was there was a, a group of um, um, uh, sort of backroom guys who were supporting a, a, a politician for uh, one of the levels of government. And they said, love the work that you did on Toyota, would love to see what you can do for our candidate. And uh, it was the first time I thought about uh, applying a lot of the same discipline to a person. And and I and pause for a second. I realized it's one in the same. You're you're really positioning yourself as a product. So you're looking for the best way to establish those key uh, features and benefits, and looking for a way to wrap it up in a story, and looking for the best medium in which you can project it, and the best sort of style, which is the design. So all of that is very very related to how you. Uh, create a personal brand. So if you uh, have that sort of discipline, it can be applied. And so that's how I began working with uh, any number of people. And, and these range from uh, CEOs of companies through to uh, certain TV personalities and uh, politicians and uh, celebrity chefs and, and the like. And it's been a, a super fun process because each person really truly has their own story but how I got to writing this book was, uh, of course, during the pandemic, uh, in my city in Toronto, things were locked down for a while. So I thought, okay, what am I going to do with my time? So I took every Saturday morning to begin writing this out. And uh, before you knew it, um, I, <laughs> I had a book. I had enough chapters that I could submit to a publisher and uh, um, Business Expert Press picked it up. And uh, uh, from there, I, I have this book that was just uh, re- released uh, recently. But it was a, a fun process. But uh, I'll tell you, it was one of the uh, <laughs> the outcomes of, uh, of COVID, just having a little bit more time to uh, be able to devote to this craft. Yeah, it was funny because COVID, COVID sparked many, many of changes in people's lives. 
whether it's working from home permanently or uh, starting your own business. Um, the COVID uh, inspired a lot of people. I mean, I'm not saying it was a good thing, but uh, mm-hmm. good things did come from it. I guess, I guess um, that's that silver lining approach. Yeah. How about yeah. for yourself? Did uh, how, how did things affect you from uh, your side? I was, <laughs> uh, COVID didn't really affect me at all. Um, I did what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. I, I didn't, uh, of course, I, I respected everyone's boundaries and tried to maintain, you know, what they wanted, but at the same time, not, not limit myself. Uh, um, I, I've, I've been uh, through many, many of uh, struggles in life and a, a virus isn't about to stop me. If I can take getting shot three times, I, I can take a virus. So. Uh-huh. Stephen, I got to interview you for that for a chapter in the book. That sounds like a quite the story to share. <laughs> I, I'm happy to share it. It's one of my favorite stories, even though uh, it hurt, but um, uh, I survived. But so anyway, um, going back to your book. So for what what's the title of your book for the audience? Yeah, uh, telling your story, uh, developing your brand, and it's really a personal brand playbook. Uh, fairly easy to read, and I've kept it uh, very conversational. So, uh, you know, there are there are no uh, shortage of business self help books out, out there, and I, I think it was important for me to, for people to be able to read it. Let's say on a long plane trip. Uh, so it's not that it's short, but it, the idea is to have digestible bites and and elements that uh, just make for um, an interesting way to share my little lessons uh, along the way. So if, if people are interested, I, I think they would uh, uh, ho- hopefully enjoy it. Um, and the, the other part of it that I want to share was uh, I realized that as I was building up uh, certainly my firm and uh, the work that we do, there are a lot of people out there who just really don't have the budget to hire someone like me to help uh, create a brand, whether even if they have a small company. So uh, it's really my hope with the book to, you know, allow people just to follow a little of the process, pick up some of the tips and hopefully apply it to uh, their day-to-day lives and in business. Yeah. And I love that because it is, it is an, it is definitely an acquired skill. It takes many years of practice and training and education, I would say before you could call yourself an expert at it, but for a young entrepreneur, you don't need to be an expert. You need to, you know, you just good enough. Just understand a few basic principles. At least in my experience, that's how it's worked for me. Um, yeah, I think that's very true. Very true. Yeah. Right. So I, I love that that you're giving a playbook. And so my my next question is the elevator pitch, mm-hmm. right? Because I can't tell you how many uh, entrepreneurs I've talked to, and it's like, tell me your elevator pitch, and they just look at me like, uh. Like, yeah, the, the elevator is stuck or uh, <laughs> it is a very long elevator ride. And, and we see this in a lot of networking events. Uh, many of us go to uh, events where we're asked to, you know, you shake a person's hand, you used to hand out a card, uh, but now... Uh, the, you know, the, the inevitable question is, well, tell me a little bit about yourself or, te- you know, what's your story? And so people are often a lot at a loss for words because they haven't really thought about what their story is. And then there's really two sides to a story. If you think about it, the one that you're telling, meaning uh, the one I want to share, and then the one that's being received by the other person. So, you know, much like uh, any sort of uh, commercial story, whether it's a movie or a book, uh, you may have something to tell, but is it interesting to people? So you're trying to balance two sides of the equation. What can I tell you today that might make it a little bit more interesting or, you know, can stimulate more of a a discussion? So an elevator pitch, if you think about it, and that whole, you know, for those who aren't familiar with it, it means simply how, how, you know, what can I tell you within uh, an elevator ride? And what that means is that how how can I give you a short treatise to what I'm all about without having to uh, belabor everything and and bore you along the way. And in advertising, we often think of it in terms of uh, a billboard, because if you could express 
your idea in a billboard with a simple visual and a simple set of words, you know, in a drive-by fashion, then uh, you've covered your story. So it's the same principles that I apply, particularly in the book. We go through a couple of exercises to try to get to the heart of your story. How can you tell it in six words or less? And how can I tell it in maybe even a single word? And that single word uh, really establishes what you're all about. And why that is important as an exercise is when you get to that, now I understand what I'm all about. Because if I can sum it up in those few words or in that sort of short sentence, now I can expand upon it because that's a core theme and the core structure of my story. And I can begin building upon it. Yeah, absolutely. And so when it comes to developing your elevator pitch, you you already mentioned, you know, uh, they, they either get stuck or they're way, way too long. Um, what, what are how is the easiest way to break it down to where you aren't where, where you get those six words? Because I know for me, whenever I was going through the process, it was like, well, I need to say all of this without all of this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, and for anybody who's gone through the exercise, particularly with a company where you're trying to even write a mission statement, uh, let's say you get a bunch of people together and everybody's feeding in words and suddenly you have this huge paragraph that is uh, more of a, uh, a mission tale than it is a mission statement. So it, uh, the way I, I think of it is very much like a piece of sculpture because you often begin with a block of marble or a block of stone and you have a lot to work with and what you're doing if you think about what you end up with in terms of a statue or that piece of art is the inessentials just removed so all those extra things are removed and you're left with this beautiful work of art so do start long do start as long as you want and you begin to center on what the core theme is of the story and uh, that becomes a little bit more of the essence of it and and again this is why it's important to begin with those six words uh, because then it gives you the discipline to be able to put it together oh but i gotta tell you something uh, how i came up with the idea of the six words was really and I, I i never knew if it was a true story or not but i heard it uh, about ernest hemingway how he was in a bar once and he bet a guy next to him for i think a shot of tequila that i could write a story in six words and uh, the guy took the bet now on a little paper napkin he begins writing baby shoes never worn for sale and that was it But if you think about it, that has everything built into it, drama, and you begin filling in things in your head. What, you know, that's an amazing imaginative story and you begin inputting your own uh, thoughts into it. So if you think about that way, you're looking for a way to intrigue people and connect with them by getting to the essence of what you're all about. So the mistake that people often make is they think of an entire story as a beginning, middle, and end. And sometimes um, it's only one aspect of that that's most important, but by understanding it, you can pick the best of it. So often I don't need to tell you where I was born, my upbringing, my school, how I started this company, the things I went through, uh, now, you know, here's where I am. That's more of a resume approach. What they're often looking for is, you know, what what was the inspiration for what got you here? What are you in, into? What What is your level of interest in, the, in this? You know, why did you do what you do? And I think that why is particularly important because that, it often gives the motivation, which is often more intriguing. Uh, so uh, while we talk about story, it doesn't necessarily have to be a linear story. It can just be a, a snippet of it that uh, you can share with someone to get them more interested. Uh, uh, yeah. 100 percent and my one of my favorite books is simon sinek's start with why Mm -hmm. and any entrepreneur listening to this if you haven't figured out your why stop right now stop what you're doing and go figure out your why your why is the single most important thing it's more important than your elevator pitch your story your why is the that's what creates everything you do from here on out is that why um, Absolutely. It gives you the motivation for why what you've done till now. And, and by sharing that, you can turn that into a story if you like. Uh, so I think your original question was, you know, what happens if you have a long story and you're trying to figure out how do you figure out to tell your story? So uh, again, one of the exercises I take people through is just 
be able to list your traits, um, uh, what you're all about. And that could be input from other people. It could be input from, uh, you know, previous uh, colleagues, bosses, fam friends and family. And you, what you do is you're forming a, a compilation of that. And if you simply uh, put it on post-it notes, for example, and look at a hierarchy, you know, a big triangle, what, you know, begin papering it uh, on the board and you'll find that there's often a key theme or a key set of words that begin to appear at the top. And with that, now you're beginning to understand this is what I'm all about. And so, you know, here's where your why uh, comes in, of course, is, you know, why am I this way and how did I get here? And that really forms a story because you're, if you can get to that single word or what that essence of your story is, then you're looking to sort of share that with people. So if you're, uh, you know, uh, selling uh, widgets, you know, why did you invent that widget? Well, there was a, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, if you, I know you've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of founders and a lot of times the motivation really comes from, uh, you know, some need that they have, or there's something that just kind of pushed them along to uh, create this product. You know, I, I needed something that would keep me warmer. I wanted to take a better photograph. I wanted uh, a better way of cooking a hamburger, you know. So often the, that need, that personal thing uh, drives them. So when you begin putting it all together, the, then it becomes those elements that tie in with both the style and the way you approach it and the what of the story beyond the why. All right, everybody, I just want to interrupt the podcast really, really quick and uh, take a minute to tell you all about the brand new Renowned Coaching System. This is a system I've personally designed and put a lot of thought and effort and love into. It's an amazing system. Let me tell you real quick why it's an amazing system, because you get real time analytics. You get to see exactly where you were when you started, where you currently are, and how close you are to achieving that ultimate goal that you set at the very beginning. You get analytics for everything. More importantly, the accountability with this system is the best you'll find anyplace else in the world. I get to see everything that's going on and make sure that you are staying accountable to the goals you set. It's, it's truly powerful. You guys just got to see it for yourself. Go to renownedleadership.com. Go to the top right-hand corner, click book a call. You'll get to come talk to me personally, and I will personally give you a tour of this system. It is truly amazing. It's one of a kind, and it's truly, truly powerful. I'm so excited. I can't wait to show you all. That's uh, all I got to say about it. So let's get back to the podcast. That, that's some good stuff. And, and so I, I want to move on a little bit to mm -hmm. um, strategy, right? Because some people are born just able to tell a good story. Uh, my grandpa, man, that dude could spin a yarn, bro. Like he could tell a story and he'll keep you on the edge of your seat through the entire thing. I unfortunately was not born uh, with, with that gene. So I, I had to learn how to tell a story. What are, what are some key skills that people need to focus on learning when it comes to telling their story? You know, I think uh, there's the uh, structure of a, a story, which isn't difficult to do, because if you just spend any time journaling or simply writing things, it, it's not a difficult uh, process. You know, often it's a beginning, middle and end as a simple structure. But the best stories, uh, as we've often seen, are ones where you can involve people. Uh, and if you use a simple structure of a movie, there it follows a very uh, set format. You know, you have your hero. There is a situation that spins them into a plot line. Uh, there's something that motivates them. There's an obstacle they have to face. Uh, they may uh, reach a point where they're almost going to fail, but somehow something turns around and uh, they succeed. And that's a you know, your typical Hollywood movie, but it's also a wonderful structure to tell a little bit about uh, your story. So that emotional pull that I, uh, we've talked about often comes from the obstacle you face in, in, in getting there, you know. Uh, I, I hear this story uh, from uh, many people where, you know, a loved one, uh, uh, for example, I have a client who uh, uh, wife has, um, um, is uh, uh, debilitated, has to be in a, a wheelchair, he found uh, certain foods um, uh, were helpful to her. So he came up with a company that uh, manufactured this food. And I thought, oh, oh what a great motivation. But again, it, it makes for a beautiful story at the same time. Each person has a motivating factor and, and, and sharing that motivation and that why that you talked about is, is very, very helpful. There's another uh, gentleman I, I, I've worked with. He uh, has a 
the um, very healthy ramen company, but he was a former doctor in another life and he volunteered for Doctors Without Borders. What he did was um, uh, went into investment banking, but uh, never forgot about the people who he saw. And what he ended up doing was creating a type of food that is affordable and, and healthy. So high protein uh, noodle uh, ramen that could be easily served off, shipped everywhere. But the, his motivation, what drove the story. But you think about it, what, what an amazing sort of mission, but it's based on something quite personal. Right, absolutely. And that was actually going to be my next question is um, <clears throat> our morals, our values, our pain, um, our struggles, those that going into our story is key because correct me if I'm wrong, that's what ties people to our story emotionally, which you it already does. kind of touched yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the uh, early days of the campfires uh, of our, you know, ancestors, the our cavemen uh, dwellers who just sat around a campfire and they, you only for top of entertainment was simply to tell stories. So, you know, you, you may not be good at telling a story. I, I, I have no doubt you're probably the opposite. Stephen, I, 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 I can only imagine with a, someone who's been shot three times has a, an amazing story behind it. But, you know, often we get mired in the details and we, we know that phrase, you know, you get caught up in the weeds. And I think that's really important that we don't, as we tell a story, don't get caught up in the weeds, you know. Um, you know, tell it as if you're listening from the other side. And I think one of the things that people often forget, you know, beyond just creating a structure is just understand your audience. You know, so if you're verbally telling it, uh, you know, you, you get a reaction from the other person as to whether they're bored or whether they're leaning forward and listening to what you say. So, you know, those elements will often help to uh, drive that, that story along. If you're writing it out to share with people, you have to think from the other end, you know, will the person... Uh, you know, they, depending on whether it's a recruiter, let's say if you're looking for a job or you're, you're doing a pitch document to try to get uh, funding, you're, you're thinking from the other side, you know, what is it that will connect with that person? The story is the medium by which you do it, but what are the elements that you can share that may touch upon it that will get them connected to what you're all about? So to that note, what, what are some misconceptions people come up with when it comes to telling their story when it, or branding themselves, tying themselves to their brand? What, what, are, what are the most common misconceptions you hear? Mm -hmm. So I, I think, um, you know, the misconception is, well, I don't have an exciting story. I don't have anything interesting. Um, there, there always is an element of interest in it. And I think it's just uh, being able to uh, discover it. Uh, the part that makes it less interesting is belaboring things that may not be of interest to people. So often, you you know, if you're, if you're a product and, uh, you know, uh, all the brand products do this, of course, is when, when they come to market, they list their, you know, in a simplest, simplistic fashion, their features and benefits, you know. So what is it about you that you can share in terms of your features and benefits that you can identify? So those are really, uh, as we talked about, those weeds that we want to stay away from because, uh, those are just elements in which you're selling yourself, but what you're looking for is a way to string it together to make it a, a little bit more interesting, you know? So if you, you know, if you have, let's say, you know, a current uh, movement uh, uh, of late and in food, for example, is just finding things that are functional. Uh, and often that's driven by uh, your motivation to do something. So you may have come from a, um, you know, fitness background, whereas a 98 pound weakling once, you know, using the Charles Atlas uh, uh, example. And uh, I took on this exercise program and I began working out until I became the hero on the beach. And that's a, a terrific sort of uh, a journey that people go along with. So how does your product or what you're selling uh, tie in with it? Why are you doing this? You know, it, it, even if you don't own the company and you're uh, essentially trying to tell that story for the company, how does it affect you personally? Because I, I think, again, those elements are off, often forgotten. So the, uh, you know, to answer your question, people often default to just singing the praises of the and selling the product whereas you're really trying to find a way to connect with people and understand you know uh, and it's basic selling as you know what are their needs and how can i answer it and how can i weave this into a little bit of a, a tale to share with people so that they can connect better with me so why do story why does story sell so much better 
than any of the other selling tactics out there? Why, what makes storytelling so much more powerful? Is it the emotional it, connection? It's emotional catch, connection, but I think it's just also the per, uh, the personal side of it as well. You know, uh, as a large company, you can't be out there with every single person telling them and connecting with them and, and really sharing what you're uh, product is but I if I share a story you know with some common ground with some common uh, elements that you can identify with suddenly you're there with me in the journey and you're connected with me at the same time so that in itself uh, makes it much more emotional to your point and that's where the power of everything really comes in by allowing people to uh, present themselves in that way and connect better from an, an emotional point of view and, and emotion doesn't mean warm and fuzzy. It doesn't mean that uh, you're trying to make people, um, you know, uh, uh, elicit a, a you know a uh, little bit of tears along the way. It doesn't have to be that because there, there is such a range of emotions that you can tap into, and we and we know this from just from human nature. And it could be everything from anxiety, you know, trying to alleviate it, to uh, you know, creating laughter and happiness. It's just trying to find a way again to connect with people. Story is a wonderful medium to to do that. And uh, the best example, of course, is that, uh, you know, you can have, uh, if we look at movies, for example, uh, again, it, a, a movie that has nothing more than a, a special effects and a lot of CGI work uh, can wow and dazzle you. But when you get to the heart of it, it's not really something that is substantial without a good story that goes around it, because that's the thing that gets you rooting for the character and gets you connected with people. Yeah, it's actually funny you, you say that, because as soon as you started talking about it, my mind instantly went to the original uh, Marvel Hulk movie. Um, yeah. in the early 2000s, the that movie was just a total, it had great effects, yeah. CGI, total flop. They you wasted so much money. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, you just you didn't feel the, the emotion with it, you know. Uh, right. So, you know, using Marvel, I think that's a great example too, because what I think the, the movie that really began taking off for all the Marvel movies was the first Iron Man movie. You know? right. and, and there there you had Tony Stark played by Robert Downey Jr., who people, um, you know, kind of thought was a bit of a jerk at, at first, but you saw his journey and you saw how, you know, he went through a little bit of redemption before becoming the hero that he, he was in the end. And there's something, again, quite powerful, again, by going through that journey. So in telling your story, you're, you're partly sharing journey uh, without getting too much. And, and this is where the craft comes in. The And to your grandfather's point, uh, you know, probably what made him a good storyteller was he, he was able to identify those elements that just made it interesting and made you kind of sit forward and listen for the, the next set of words. So, so the, the, the beauty of what we have, and if you're doing it uh, verbally as you're pitching it, you're just re constantly refining it. You know, don't think of uh, a script that you might write as being the final piece itself. What you're really doing is uh, creating a, a structure by which you can share with people. And you may adapt it, uh, you know, and I've told, you know, um, a number of uh, stories uh, uh, about my background in a number of uh, different ways, but they're the same story. But it's really a way in which I can present to the particular person or talk to that particular person that might, they might uh, identify with. So if they're the sort of person that may have a uh, sort of low tolerance for long stories, you keep it short. You know, if they're looking for elements in which they are uh, trying to benefit their company, that's what you're trying to relate to. How does it relate back to them that they can uh, find a little bit more uh, connected in that way? So uh, I think know thy audience is, is really key to uh, telling your story. I love, know thy audience. Yeah, absolutely. And read the room. Uh, read the room. Yes. 100%. And, and yep. one of Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say you, you talked about something quite interesting before, and, and that is, you know, uh, how uh, COVID uh, didn't really affect you. Uh, but, there, you know, I think one of the fortunate things is that uh, you you have the um, uh, you're really well versed in being able to uh, play to the camera, work the mic, uh, because you, this is the the life that you've created and the uh, your ability to talk to people online. 
for a lot of people, uh, you know, this represented a whole new dynamic uh, because suddenly what they could do in person, if they were telling their story or it's sharing their pitch deck or, or uh, providing those elements, it was all done in person or done through a different sort of medium. Now, if you think about it, we, we have to take on a different skills. I have to be camera ready. I have to be able to understand my audience without being able to read the room, even though they're not here, because we're talking through a camera. And so much of business is conducted this way. It becomes a, a lot more intimidating for, for people because you have no sense of uh, how they're reacting, per se, other than maybe this little thumbnail. Or if you're, if you're talking to an entire group of people, you don't have that same sort of energy that you can often feed feed off in a larger auditorium, let's say. Absolutely. Dude, you have no idea, man. So when, when I left the military, um, the, the army taught me how to do public speaking. Um, I did some public speaking and uh, re representing the army towards the end of my career. Oh, and, um, yeah. and I love public speaking, man. Like I love, love public speaking. And that is because I'm such an extrovert, <clears throat> excuse me, that I love just being in front of people talking. I have their full attention. I can feel their energy. They're like they're just constantly feeding me. The more they laugh, the more they engage, the, the funnier I get, the more excited yeah. I get. Like it, it, just... it encourages you, doesn't it? You know, when right. that, that first laughter or first reaction, oh, I got the room and, and then you can go from there. Up until then, don't you find that you're uh, talking, but you're not so sure about the audience, but that first reaction makes a world of difference. So when you're on, and when you're online, you don't really have that reaction until post afterwards, where maybe people might, might send some notes back to you and, and that. So it's a different skill set altogether. All and it's uh, uh, it just, I, I think, uh, uh, no doubt you've, you've worked out uh, certain techniques that help people. But I think talking to camera uh, like this, all, you know, all you can do is just you know, imagine the audience and and that they're reacting well, and that uh, you're talking uh, in a connected way that uh, hopefully will keep them engaged uh, through through this uh, conversation. Right, and that's what I was what I was leading to is when I started doing this. Oh, bro, mm -hmm. it was horrible. It was horrible. You should go go back and listen to my very first <laughs> podcast. This sucked. Yeah. Like I was not good. I wasn't energetic. I was very monotone. Um, and it was just hard for all of those reasons you just mentioned. And like before we started, I counted down, right? Like three, two, one. Like that has nothing to do with equipment. That has nothing to do with you. That is simply me counting down, getting in my own head to amp myself up and give myself that energy boost that I would normally get from the mm -hmm. audience. And you're absolutely right. I had to figure out a way to work the camera, talk to the microphone and be okay with the fact that, I, that I'm talking to an empty room basically, and just carry on with the same amount of energy that I would normally have if I was talking to a thousand people. Yeah. But don't you find Stephen that it, it, there's no real secret to it. It's just doing it, isn't it? There is no mm -hmm. magic formula. You know, people, you can read books, you can get coached, you can follow techniques and that until you begin doing it, you really don't get that opportunity to practice. And I, I think that's really what it is. You know, you talk about, uh, uh, you know, the uh, so-called 10,000 hours of practice that makes you uh, an expert that uh, Malcolm Gladwell has written about. And that's exactly what you've done. You know, so your first, po first podcast may not be your best, but certainly you get better and better and you refine yourself as you go along. And I think that's the same sort of uh, application that people can use in telling their story. You know, so the first time you tell it to a room or you pitch people, you'll find there, there may be some uh, rough, roughness to it. And I think it's being self-aware aware enough and being uh, objective enough to know that, hey, I did pretty good or oh, that wasn't so good. So I, I'm going to, you know, rather than look at it as failure, as we know in business, the best thing to do, what can I do better next time? And I think that's the, uh, often the key in terms of uh, uh, pu putting it together. So I, I think for a lot of people, it's just simply being able to uh, get the opportunity to share it. So the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more you do it, the more you can find it. Absolutely. 100% nail on the head. I, I just stuck with it. And it was hard, man. It was hard to stick with it. I, I would be editing my podcast and I would spend hours editing. 
I'm trying to make oh, just it to sound, get it right, just yeah. to make it sound a little bit professional. And it, it's funny because, you know, someone will compliment me on my like, hey, man, I love your podcast. I've listened to you since the beginning. You've, you've come a long way. You're doing really good. And it's like, whatever. And, and the reason I say that is because uh, to me, I didn't get better. I just stopped caring so much. <laughs> like it is what it is. You like it or you don't. You like me or you don't. It, I don't care. <laughs> this is my product. You know, I think you've identified probably the hindrance for uh, most people out there is, is, you know, the worry about well, what if they don't like me or what if they don't like um, what I have to say, you know, in, in the end, um, you uh, got into business for a certain reason. It wasn't always necessarily to uh, please the crowd. Uh, and, you know, you have a mission and you're looking to uh, make a change in the world for whatever reason, for whatever product that you're creating. And that, that's the core of it. And uh, if people, there will always be people who will be your, your advocates. Uh, and I, I find this to be very true because it, the more passion you can put into it, the more that you believe in it, the more other people will. Because if you don't believe in it yourself, and it's not believing in yourself, it's believing in what you're doing that uh, makes a world a difference. If you believe in what you're doing, people will, will gravitate to you uh, for that very reason, because it's so infectious, it's so powerful what uh, happens. And, and we've often seen this even, you know, if you, uh, you know, I hate to talk about notoriety of cult leaders, you know, but if you look at even the uh, people like a Charles Manson, for example, uh, terrible person, but uh, so impassioned and so strong in his beliefs that he had people following him, even though it wasn't uh, necessarily anything good that became of it. But if you truly believe in what you're doing, other people will too. Absolutely. And, and that's what I had to realize ultimately is no matter what I do, no matter how perfect I am, I, I'm, there are always going to be people that, that are haters. Always. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, the very first blog post I published, the first two comments I got were about how bad my grammar was. Oh, no. which is yeah. which is funny yeah. because mm -hmm. for two reasons one i'm actually a pretty good writer um english is definitely my strongest subject and two i use two separate ais to filter it to make sure it was good so i'm 99.9% <laughs> .9 sure my grammar was not as bad as they were saying and, and, but they just lit me up lit cussing at me call all kinds of names it was just horrible and that yeah, almost made me quit, but I uh, had to stop and be like, look, they took, they wasted their time out of their life to insult me. Like, yeah. how sad is that? Like, it is, isn't I... it? Yeah. so I, I just ultimately developed this, just, you know what people, people aren't going to like me and that's okay. I'm not for everybody. I am extremely energetic. I am extremely in your face. I am a very rough person. I was in the <laughs> army for 16 years, man. Like I am just aggressive and not everybody's going to like that. That's okay. That's fine. But there are, like you said, people that are going to resonate with me. Yeah. And they are going to find me and they're going to follow me and I am going to be able to help them and make a difference in their life. And that's all I want. And the, it's the rule of one for me. If I can just help one person, everything I've done has been worth it. I think you're absolutely right, you know, because we're, we're put in this world often looking for some sort of purpose. And, and if we can have a positive effect on somebody else, that's, that is infinitely so rewarding. Uh, so I, I think that's really what, what it comes down to. Uh, and, and each of us ha have those people in our lives that truly support us. And I think that's really what keeps us going and what makes it uh, important for what we do. Uh, but it is human nature at the same time, isn't it, Steve, and that, um, you know, somebody makes an offhand comment, how can you not react to it? Should I jump in? You know, you see these ongoing battles on, uh, you know, Google reviews, for example, you know, where the owner of a, <laughs> of a uh, you know, uh, a bakery shop will, uh, you know, constantly react back to uh, the customers because they're, they're providing negative criticism. So that, that can mire you and slow you down. And if you think about, um, you know, uh, and, 
and the good thing uh, I think about what you learned is just your discipline, having been in the army, and then if you if you stick to your path, you stick to your mission. You know, these are things that are just meant to be distractions because you have a, a more purposeful, bigger goal to set. And I think for many of uh, your audience out there who are uh, trying to create a um, you know, enterprising business that there's a mission and sometimes there will be distract, you know, detractors, but that, that shouldn't sway you from what you're doing because ultimately you're, you're trying to create something that has some purpose and hopefully some benefit to people's lives. Amen to that. Absolutely. So uh, one of, one of my, we're coming up on time. So I, mm -hmm. I, I have to get this question in and that is, so we've talked about the power of storytelling when it comes to your brand and when it comes to selling. Now, I want to hear your take on the power of storytelling when it comes to your leadership capabilities. Hmm. You know, that um, that is probably where the history of storytelling comes in. If you think of uh, armies that have been led, and uh, and we see this in instances of movies, whether it's Braveheart or whether it's, uh, you know, the biography of Winston Churchill, there's they, the best leaders are often communicators, aren't they? The ones that can uh, tell a story or get people motivated behind them. So as a, a leader, um, that means you're leading people you're trying to get people to do what they say so in certain situations you 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 have employees you're paying them uh to do the job and uh that's an exchange that's a transaction but if you're looking for them to maybe <laughs> jump into a fire with you getting to understand why you're doing this and and creating that story and mission and sharing that with them is the way in which uh, people can connect with you and jump through that fire uh, with you. Because beyond that, then uh, all you have is really just a business relationship. And the best relationship often comes from the emotional connection. And it goes back to the very thing we talked about in the beginning, which is story connects with people. Story provides that emotion. Story shares that element uh, about you that gets people motivated. So as a leader, you're looking for ways in which you can motivate, you know, get your forces going, keep people going even in the darkest hours, celebrate when there's successes at the same time. That all comes around being able to share those elements. So being a, you know, being a storyteller, and I think this is where your grandfather probably had the knockdown. Uh, well, he was just probably a good communicator. He knew how to speak. He knew how to share elements with it. And he got lots of practice uh, uh, along the way. You know? So I, I think a, as a leader, you're looking for, uh, and this is just obviously one aspect of good leadership skills, but that's a very important one to have to uh, get the rest of the gang uh, coming along with you. You're 100% right, because, you know, the, fir the first level, you know, John Maxwell, um, probably the most notable leadership expert in the world, um, he breaks it down into, into five categories, which, and the first one is you're leading from position only, <clears throat> which is people will follow you simply because you pay them or they're, or you're their boss, you know, no other reason. But that that's not that's an okay place to start, like you said, but that's not the where you want to stay. You want people to follow you because they want to, right? Because that's when you get the real stuff done. That's where the rubber meets the road. And a good example of that is I just in interviewed uh, the president of Red Chocolate, Galen Gardone, and he was talking about COVID and um, there they had they had opened the U U.S. facility for red chocolate, uh, I want to say five months before COVID hit. And they had all these orders to fill COVID hit. They, they got kicked out of, of, you know, they had the lockdown, all that. And so Glenn's looking and he's like, man, I have all these orders to fill. So he got a small team and they decided they were going to work as safely as they could. And then before he knew it, he just kept having more and more employees show up to help fulfill these orders because they were committed not just to getting the paycheck, they were committed to him. They were committed to his brand. And so it was important to them. And that, to me, that's the power of having a story to share within your leadership is that 
you know, we've already talked about the emotional connection and the why that story connects to, to people as a leader, whenever you have that to, to share with your, with your subordinates, with your team, that that's what attaches them to you. And like you said, they'll run into a burning, burning building with you. Yeah. And I think it goes again uh, to what you said earlier, that authenticity is so important because you can't make this stuff up. Uh, you can, and you can fool people and fool some of them some of the time, but you know, uh, in, in the end, it, it's that authenticity and your, your true belief in it that gets people uh, and passion behind it because you can't fake that uh, at all. You're absolutely right. You yeah. got to be authentic. Unless you're a con man, of course, and that's a whole the level of artistic uh, storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, writing a book, man, like that—that that, we've already talked about it a little bit, but that's one of the most daunting things that I—I I, want to write a book eventually because I have some great stories to share, and I think some great insight to share that I think people would enjoy. But uh, writing a book, man, ugh. What what kind of roadblocks yeah. did you face when it, when you were writing? You know, I I think you could do it because you come from a very disciplined background, and I think, I think that's what it is. I, I you know earlier in my career, I, I made the mistake of thinking I had to be motivated to write a book. I had to sort of whip myself up into a sort of emotional state that uh, I would be inspired, so that I would just write and the words would begin flowing out. And I think in reality, that was my my mistake in the beginning. And and the if nothing else, COVID was a bit of a catalyst that I had time on my hands. So every Saturday morning, I set aside that time. That was the discipline. It was three hours in the morning where I would just sit. And I tell you, there were days that nothing came out, but that was okay because I knew that if I just showed up, I could get writing. And, and it's often uh, like a fitness program, right? You you show up at the gym. I do that first set. And once I do that first set, it begins getting easier and I get do the next one. So it's the same thing. Uh, I think with writing, um, it doesn't have to be perfect. So if you go at it, just write it out as bad as you want. But the idea is that I've got it out now. And then you begin shaping it. And you've gotten into this habit of writing bad stuff and, write, and then getting better and better at it. But I think setting aside that time, uh, making an appointment for yourself, and this is true of any task, just making an appointment with, uh, with yourself so that you can get things done. Because if you leave it to when you have time, you know for sure that it won't happen. So um, writing isn't uh, so much daunting as it is just trying to create a, a little bit of a discipline. And I think for uh, uh, pretty much all of your listeners, they, they are at a point where they're trying to run a successful business and they know that discipline is what's needed to get them there. And this is very much the same. So I uh, Stephen, I would highly encourage you because I, I, I buy your book simply to read about uh, <laughs> how you got shot. <laughs> Uh, it's mildly disturbing that you're fascinated <laughs> by that story because it almost killed okay. me, man. <laughs> so, so you, so you now have to tell it because I'm uh, I'm at the edge of my seat and uh, you have me hooked at, as a captive audience. So, <laughs> so let's hear it. Uh, I was in Afghanistan um, and I was getting out of a Humvee, and mm. you, you've seen on the rifles the slings that go around your your shoulders. So. Um, they had start made us start carrying or putting slings on our weapon. And for the entire time, I'd never had a sling on my weapon. So we're going into this village and we get into a little bit of a firefight. Um, nothing major. We didn't stop the, the rooftop machine guns took care of them. And um, during that time, though, uh, the, the 50 cal gunner needed a new ammo can. So I, I tossed him up an ammo can but what I didn't realize is I had knocked an ammo can off onto my sling so we we get stopped and we're trained to get out of the vehicle with our our weapons first so if someone comes at us we're able to engage well as I'm getting out of the vehicle my sling got caught under that ammo can and pulled my weapon back into the vehicle so I get in I fix the problem and I stand up and when I turn around um, there is an insurgent standing there about five meters from me and he just raised his ak-47 and sprayed off a bunch of bullets and hit oh, me three man. times oh man and uh one one hit me in the stomach went through my kevlar um through through my stomach just below my belly button and out my back uh missed everything vital thank god 
Um, the second one hit me just above the heart, but my plate stopped it. Um, but it did a massive amount of damage, broke uh, nine ribs. My uh, what was sternum stopped my heart, collapsed both my lungs, uh, broken rib punctured one of my lungs. Um, and then the one that I had one hit me in the shoulder that broke my clavicle. Uh, it ricocheted off the Kevlar so it didn't go through, but it hit me hard enough to break the bone. So it was rough. That was rough. Man, but I, I tell you, you're one lucky dude, you know, to uh, come out of that alive, you know, because it could have been much, much worse. Oh, yeah. Well, the one that hit me in the chest, that it literally would have hit my heart. And there's no surviving that. That, that would have killed me. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm very thankful you are, you know, because uh, it's been a, a great time hanging out with you, just uh, uh, sharing little bits of our background and our uh, approaches to life. Absolutely, brother. And I, I really appreciate you being here, sharing your book. So my final question for you then is um, what, what, what are readers most, what, what can they look forward to uh, gaining? What wisdom can they look forward to gaining from your book? Uh, well, hopefully there there is some wisdom. I, I think it's a little bit of a perspective. Uh, it is a book about uh, storytelling for your own brand. So it's uh, hopefully at, at the same time readable and entertaining enough as I share a little bit of my own story through it at the same time. But I think, you know, it's uh, sort of um, tip by tip, uh, chapter by chapter lessons that can uh, uh, get you to uh, the finish point. And I think it's just understanding the power of story uh, first as a theory and then how to uh, pull it together for yourself. And if, uh, it, again, to your point, if it could help uh, someone out there, I, I'd be very, very happy. So uh, I am glad I wrote it and I'm glad uh, to, to be sharing. And I, I think, you know, I heard this from a business owner once, you know, uh, you uh, spend the first part of your life managing people and then at, at uh, uh, as you enter in sort of the later part of your life, you become a manager, but more a manager of inspiration. So hopefully this will inspire people to shape their story, to tell their story and, and maybe be a, a better uh, business person, a better leader along the way that can uh, have the skills from this. Absolutely. And I support that 100% because we are all about being better leaders here at Renown. So uh, tell us how we can find you, get a hold of you. Do you do public speaking? at all? I, I do. I do. Yeah. So that's um, uh, one of the fun parts of uh, writing a book is that uh, suddenly people are a little bit more interested in what you <laughs> have, have to say. And uh, so, yeah, uh, available. Uh, you can um, find me on henrywong.co. Um, uh, my book is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So uh, just simply look up the title against my name and uh, hopefully if it resonates with you, um, yeah, do uh, reach out and, and grab it and, and hopefully it'll uh, help someone along the way. Absolutely. That's awesome. And as always, everybody, of course, I'm going to have links and to all of Henry's stuff in uh, the bio and in the show notes. So just go below and uh, his website will be there. Link to his book will be there. And uh, you have a podcast too, right? Yeah. You know, what's uh, it's a sort of a reverse podcast. So I, I run a branding agency and this is for uh, products and services and occasionally people who uh, uh, have the uh, uh, resources to uh, do it. So uh, my uh, own sort of marketing tool is to create a, a different sort of podcast. So I have different guests uh, interview me. <laughs> and what that does is give the outside uh, 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 world really a perspective on how the, uh, I run this business and what they can expect in working with me. And it's been a very effective tool because uh, every time I seem to put one out, uh, you know, more and more leads come out. So, and, and that and that in itself is a little bit of a lesson in, in marketing because you you can do a lot of the same of what everybody else does, but sometimes looking for a little bit different, a little bit more unique, can uh, help you stand out in some way. That is incredibly interesting. Never even thought of that. That is a really good idea. Holy crap. <laughs> that, that is amazing. Anyway, um, I'm going to have the links to all this stuff in the bio and in the show notes. So make sure you click on them. Go give him tons of love, follow, and support. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, make sure you're well, after you get done checking Henry out, you go to renownedleadership.com. Give me plenty of love and support as well. So, Henry, uh, the rule on this show is the guest gets to to share the last bit of wisdom. So the final question of the day, sir, is what is your number one piece of advice so that people can lead like a champion? 
you know, I, I think it goes back to um, a little bit of what we talked in the beginning, and that is to thine own self be true. And I think just stay true to your nature. Don't be what you're not, and the rest will follow. Be happy. Great advice. 100%. Be authentic, people. Uh, because let, let's be honest, we are, I already said it once this show, at least, people aren't stupid. Their BS meters work. They're going to see right through you. So be authentic and build those personal relationships authentically. Henry, thank you so much for being here and sharing all your wisdom and uh, just so much insight into the power of telling stories. I really appreciate it, brother. Uh, and I appreciate your time. Uh, and I'm glad you're here to uh, uh, share this with us. So good on you. All right, man. I appreciate okay. that. All right, everybody. That's going to wrap up this week. And I appreciate you for joining us on the Renowned Leadership Podcast. Make sure you join us next week and we will have another exciting guest for you. But until then, remember everybody, lead like a champion. Bye. How I try to sleep, but you're deep in my mind. Got a hold of me, when I'm awake I'm all blind. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Renowned Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, joining us and listening to uh, Henry share his insights, his story. As always, go make sure you scroll down and uh, go check him out. Give him tons of love. You can find out more about him at Henry, Henry Wong.co. I keep trying to say Henry wrong. It's not Henry wrong. He's Henry Wright, yo. No, anyway, uh, you can find him at henrywong.co. Once you're done checking him out, head over to renownedleadership.com. Check out everything I got to offer for you. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week, guys. I will see you all next week. And in the meantime, never forget, lead like a champion. Goodbye.